Hey everyone, my name is Francisco, this is Latin Entertainment, and welcome to Conversamos. Today's episode is on veganism and Latinidad. How is veganism practiced in a Latin American household? How it holds to labor and workers' rights? And what is your coming-of-age story? We hope you enjoy this episode of Conversamos. Yeah, yo, is it that wrong? I'm making a song, I'm taking it back for the platform that I formed. Who's just helping me transform? I run the reservoir, the predator. So funny enough, my best friend in college, her name's Nancy, she went vegan um, for all of the reasons, you know, for animal rights, for the environment, for health, um, for human rights also. That's a whole other topic. And I thought it was... A load of baloney to be honest I was like no um, especially being Mexican I was like I couldn't do it um, and simultaneously I was undergoing a lot of health concerns at only 19 years old I my health was not doing well um, internally and externally like emotionally physically all of it and so I did a lot of research and I listened to Nancy and all that she told me and I was like I'll give it a go why not? Like, let me just try for a week and see what I can do. And I told my mom about it. Um, she's Mexican. And she was like, okay, let's try it. I'll make you just frijoles and arroz and that's it. Um, and I stuck with it for five years and I will never go back. I love it so much. The reason I went vegan is a lot like Carolina, what she said, um, especially because uh, it's human rights activism and social justice go hand in hand, I believe. And so I really wanted to, for my life choices and my beliefs to reflect uh, what my actions were and my, uh, and my values. So like compassion, empathy, respect, and kindness. Um, but um, most importantly, I went vegan six years ago because um, I had um, my, my, one of my, my cats were actually, was actually so dear to my heart. And I had such a strong connection. So in my head, I was like, wait a minute, animals are more than just, you know, I don't know, pets to me. It's, it's just a stronger connection. They have feelings and, you know, all that stuff that we all vegans say, you know. But um, I think, and also obviously for the environmental reasons and superficially because I had a lot of acne too. And one of the things that I changed, my, my diet changed and then my skin changed too. So I was completely happy about that as well. And I think I'll never go, like I'll, for sure, for 100%, I'll never go back to my old lifestyle. <laughs> Thank you both for sharing. Something that actually was kind um, of shared about I told about about vegan is that there are multiple definitions. So would you mind just sharing what, what does vegan mean to you in this? Yeah, I think the first definition that comes to mind is the very standard, um, no eating, consuming, purchasing, using uh, animal products is like that first definition that comes to my mind. I think Tatiana hit on that supplemental definition that I would consider um, aligning your values to a movement, uh, empathy, compassion, justice, all is in in developed within veganism. Um, and all, especially in, at least for me in the US context, I, I'm not too knowledgeable around other countries, but in the US, the ways in which we treat animals and we treat workers um, in factories 
particularly workers of color, um, we don't treat them well. And so all of the social justice activism piece that is a definition that that coincides with veganism to me. And I also would add that um, vegan is also just really trying not to exploit other animals, like other animals, because we're all, we're animals as well. But just there's no reason to. There's really no reason to. So then why would we? Basically, so everything that Carolina said, plus that there's no reason to exploit. And I understand that there's sometimes um, accidentally uh, 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 there's an argument that says, you know, like vegans exploit animals because like when the tractors kill the, the animals in the fields, that's not our intention. It's not our intention to to do that. While in factory farmings, we 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 know we know that these animals are going to be murdered and exploited for their meat or their, you know, leather or whatever. Um, so I, I would add that to the definition. And this is also inclusive to fish and chicken, correct? Correct. Yes. So with the next question, uh, what are the benefits of your choice for being vegan? I know you kind of shared a little bit, but more being in depth of what are the benefits of, your, of this choice? Yeah, so I talked about my health a little bit, and um, unsurprisingly, with a vegan lifestyle, um, the majority, if not all, of the health concerns I was dealing with at only 19, they all disappeared after a year of being vegan alone. Um, of course, there were other health components that I added in to my routine, like exercise and therapy, uh, but definitely my diet changing Diet, not in diet culture, but like the food I was consuming and being mindful of really, really helped my health. It also helped my skin, like Tatiana said, <laughs> it helped my skin too. Um, but it, it gave me also a sense of um, joy. Like I did this for me. I, I was going through a really tough time in my life also and being able to make a positive choice for myself and one that would positively impact environments, um, animals, people, it just made me feel good that I was doing something good for once. Um, so that, I would say that's the impact it's had on me. Yeah, I feel, I feel the same. I feel that um, just selfishly, like, you know, my, the benefits were my skin was better. I actually struggled with, with weight loss before as well. And the balance is, has been great. Like, even if I, I'm, you know, junk food vegan sometimes, like in the weekends or something, I don't have to worry about um, weight anymore. And I don't because there's other things in my mind that are more pressing. Um, and that's great. And also just to have a peace of mind with myself. And again, like aligning my actions with my values, as well as um, I always thought that as an activist or as a person, I felt a little bit um, unable to do something right away because when you want some action done in the social sense, it's usually like through politics or like passing laws or passing or we, we need to form, you know, we need to protest and we need to do all of those things. But vegan veganism is also you can do immediate action. Like you can in, in, in two hours when I eat my or in an hour when I eat my late dinner, I can choose. Uh, that's a form of activism for me. I can choose not to have any exploitation in my plate. And like so something c 
completely immediate that you can do all by yourself and every little thing counts. So I think that's like one of the huge benefits is just the peace of mind that I'm doing something every day as a way of protesting, as a way of social justice, as a way of uh, just being a better person. Now, is it is it like the manner of which the animals are being killed or is this just for example factories and, and going through that process or is it just being killed in general um, and being eaten um, because there are all people who have their own individual farms who don't go to the mass production of, of animal treatments yeah I'm very much of a blame the system not the person kind of person um, I think that there are definitely outliers and exceptions and I'm not one to judge those outliers and exceptions I think the way in which again and I'll speak through a U.S. perspective, because that's all I know. The way we, uh, the factories we have, the things that we pump into animals, the suffering that they go through, that, for me, that's what I'm referring to. I don't think it's the actual consumption of meat. Um, my mind goes to a lot of indigenous activists who talk about the ways in which they hunt and consume meat um, and how, like, white veganism really, like, shuns them or shames them and I'm not here for that myself so for me it's more of the systemic um, here in the U.S. the ways in which we treat animals um, for our for our pleasure that's what I'm not here for. I would definitely agree with that I do think that it's um, I do think that it's 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 wrong to to breed and to exploit an, a living being um so in a way for me it's the fact that we have to kill to that's not necessary to to cons consume their the, the animal flesh but it also it's to me it's not morally right to 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 kill or to exploit or to torture um like the way that we do it obviously the like factory farming and everything um I think that is wrong, and I feel that in Can in the perspective of Canada, which is I think um, similar to the U.S., a lot similar, um, meat consumption is usually just from factory farms, and um, the the indigenous um, the indigenous uh, sort of dialogue. We have to look at it in a different lens because our society we don't live. Um, the way that indigenous people live. So we have to sort of deal with our situation before we even blame other people and other cultures and other um, in terms of indigenous because we can we can actually talk about other cultures in the world that do live in sort of like the met metropolis that do live the same as us and it's the sort of the same torture and exploitation of animals right so within within the western sort of society we can um i think it's wrong and then once we like really look and we really have conversations about and solutions in our society then we can we can look into the indigenous uh, what the indigenous culture and tradition was in terms of animals and the, the use of animals in their in their culture thank you tatiana and so this perspective of indigeneity, I really appreciate you both sharing. Um, I'm in the center of I'm, I'm modern people, so I really, really love this. But could you just elaborate more on what you mean by like 
from this indigenous perspective of veganism, as well as going to white veganism. I, I didn't even know that was a, a concept as well. Yeah, um, I only know as much as what I've learned from indigenous activists, admittingly on social media. And so just prefacing that, and in that I've just, I've learned that this idea of white veganism, so think of like young, millennial, wealthy-ish, like thin white person in the US, um, really focusing their energy on attacking indigenous communities and the ways in which they um, operate, consume, hunt animals. When what I've learned is why aren't you redirecting that energy to the systems in, in the US that are like factory farming, like Tatiana mentioned, that are exploiting not only the animals, but the workers, many who are people of color, undocumented immigrants. Like why aren't you redirecting your energy there? And why are you targeting um, one of the most marginalized communities in our country. Like, why, what's not clicking? Like, why are you doing that? Um, and that's a perspective that I want to honor and that I respect because I agree. Like, my energy, and I think Tatiana already alluded to this, my energy is best served at the systems causing the most harm. And who am I? I'm not indigenous. Who am I to tell you how, what, what your practice is right or wrong? Like, that's not my concern. Um, and I, and yeah, so that, that's it. <laughs> I feel that um, we need to really, and again, I'm going to like say this, we need to really concentrate on ourselves first. So the society that we live in, we can't ever just, you know, point fingers. That's not the way to go, I think. So I think that society and veganism is connected to all social justice. Um, just in terms of, for example, like Carolina was saying, in slaughterhouses, I think in the U.S. it's 41% since 2003, I think 41% of slaughterhouse workers are Latin American or people of color. And these, this group of people actually suffer from PTSD, suicide, uh, they, they, they have the most, uh, the highest crime in, in the workforce, slaughterhouse workers. Uh, there's studies that have uh, shown that there's the mo there's most more crime in um, in this in this uh, vicinity, and also um, like there's a lot of rape, there's a lot of domestic violent violence uh, within the community of slaughterhouse workers. So we need to look at that first before we even point fingers at any other um, other culture that we as a Western society have dominated or co colonized. It's, it's unacceptable to just, you know, uh, be blaming other people when we have so much work to do in this society. Um, because you mentioned like that the systems are in play and everything else, and you all both kind of mentioned it about the workers that are not just in the, the, the meat factories, but also the workers who are, um, you know, working in the, in, the, in the farms, the workers, like the Barrios program, for example, in the early, um, the mid-1900s. And um, there's lots of exploitation that's going on for workers for growing vegetables and for growing, um, you know, plant-based um, food. So how, how, where does that come into the, this consciousness of, of a healthy lifestyle or just conscious eating? That, that question reminds me of um, some activists, some vegans, some not, who talk about 
and I'm going to go back to white vegans, um, the idea of cruelty free and how it's actually not like nothing you consume is cruelty free in the United States, partially because of capital, mainly all of it because of capitalism and the way we exploit workers. And so when I think of, I think for me, especially from California, um, a lot of my family, they, they work in, in fields and picking fruits and vegetables and just that whole experience that um, I've seen through the lens of my family. I, I haven't experienced it myself, but the ways in which they're treated, the ways in which they're policed um, because of the way they look or because of their nationality. And that to me is what, for me as a vegan, that's what I'm trying to combat also. It's not just let me eat my kale salad and I'm calling it activism. It's okay, cool, I'm gonna eat a kale salad. And also I need workers to be paid well. I need them to um, be compensated. I need them to be insured. I need them to be well kept, like, et cetera. Um, so for me, it's not just about the consumption of plant-based food, um, but also caring about the people who are giving us that. Um, for example, in the U.S. only, and I'm, I'm putting it in perspective for the U.S. because I think Canada also goes into that it's sort of the same numbers but 70 percent of the grain of the u.s is fed to livestock and so and then there's uh two percent of the cropland produced in fruits and vegetables are actually for human beings so you, there's a lot and completely what uh, carolina said like there needs to be laws put in place for human rights and in in, the, in this um in this industry in the crop industry and also, I feel like if we were to um, tying it with veganism and with social rights, if we were to eliminate, if, if we were to go more plant-based or vegan altogether, um, I feel like there would be less demand of all these the, this uh, crop like cropland and, uh, and grain. Like seventy percent of grain goes to livestock. This could be huge for uh, world hunger. It could be huge for uh, families and uh, culture, I mean, sorry, not culture, um, so, uh, just communities that need this, they're malnourished, completely malnourished in Canada and the U.S. because um, of food, it's, it's also a food justice is issue, no? So um, I think that, you know, like Carolina said, it's crucial for farmers to be paid well, to be secure, medically secured, to be to be able to have you know uh, the the insurance and the and the benefits that everybody else has, and to be because we it's out of respect, it's out of respect, and it's a human right, and it, it's wrong that we're we're not doing that. So again, veganism really ties into social justice uh, issues and human rights issues. Thank you, and I appreciate that. So, something actually I just really uh, thought of even today, um, there's lots of, with all this food mass production, there's still um, hunger in both, of, in both of these countries or throughout the world, and I just I thought that was really interesting. Um, so for our next question, as conscious eaters, especially on health, what are your views on preservatives and other substances in vegetables and fruits? And I say that because um, it's happy for me to share that um, this is the first year I actually created my own garden in my place. Yeah, so um, I tasted tomato for the first time, like real, like just, you know, 
my god it's so good um what else peppers cucumbers and it's not only tastes so much better um it i just feel healthier like you guys all like uh, promoting everything um and then the sort of after i taste how great it is i was like what i've haven't been eating before why have i what why haven't been eating that and then what's in that out of the food that makes it so different um preservatives is one of them um and then, so yeah to, to the question is what are your views on preservatives and other substances that are in vegetables and fruits yeah i that question has my mind going like a million different ways and all of them very meta so i'm going to try to ground it i think simply put uh for the most part i i think all that's being pumped into not only you know our our crops, but I specifically our animals um, is is just what's really killing us, at least in the U.S. Um, certainly, other things are, but it would be ignorant to think that the hormones that are being pumped into a, a mother cow right before she's slaughtered, and then we consume that, that that does not impact us. Mm-hmm. I think of especially like for example, where I grew up, um, it was a low income community and somewhat of a food desert. Like what? What even? What kind of meat do we have access to? Uh, because of course, there's the fancy like fresh, organic, grade A beef versus go eat Jack in a Box, which is a California thing, kind of like a McDonald's. Um, and so I think about that. I think also the whole notion of mass production and monopolizing businesses and who controls what we're consuming in the U.S. It's such a a capitalistic notion. I, I dream of the world like you said that we can just all have gardens and that that would be okay and we would support one another and and eat our own food and share our food so that no one's hungry. Like that's wishful thinking and maybe we'll get there. Um, but the fact that we don't even know what's in our food, that that's what terrifies me. Um, and it's all a cycle, right? Because like I mentioned, who has access to that better food? Who keeps getting sick because of the lack of access? And then let's talk about the racism in the health profession and who's not getting the treatment and the care medically and people die. And it's a cycle. But we don't want to talk about that because it, it disrupts not only capitalism, but white supremacy. And so that's what I think of. After that. You know, there's um, there's a lot of vegan food as well that has a lot of preservatives as well. So we have to really inform ourselves whether or not we want to be completely 100% vegan. Like there's a lot of people who are leaning towards a more plant-based diet. And they say, you know, maybe we maybe I won't go all the way, but I'm, I'm trying. I'm going that way. There's a lot of food out there that has preservatives that is plant-based right so we need to we need to really just inform ourselves about um certain types of food and really try to support local local farmers you know farmers markets could be expensive um but also i think it's education from the from the bottom like kindergarten like start gardens in our schools start and this is like a huge I think I feel because of COVID, this should be a systemic change completely. Like education should be completely um, organized to start 
uh, getting education to garden ourselves, to be able to taste the deliciousness of an organic tomato as opposed to a, you know, a Franken food tomato. And we have to question the big food companies because they're the ones who have the monopolies, like Carolina said. And these, these companies, whether or not we are paying attention, they are sort of hearing uh, vegans in the U.S. and the Canada. Now you see that there's more uh, vegan mayo. Now you see that there's a, a plant milk, more pl like plant milk in the grocery store. So these food, uh, these companies are paying attention. They are sort of changing their patterns into a more plant-based, um, plant-based items. At, but that at the same time, we need to start, we need to question that. And, you know, um, it's good for now, like, it's good for the animals. Like, if we, if we, if we think about it, even the monopolies um, having um, these, 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 this, this wave of like new plant based food, overall, it's really great for the animals, there's no, there's less demand to kill them. But then in terms of our us as humans we we do need to critical think about whether or not we want to uh continue supporting and also i would just uh like to add about like the whole foods plant-based diet it's it's pretty much just eating i guess it's like eating vegetables and grains and nuts and seeds but not not really adding not really buying preservatives or you know like um let no no fat no added fat no added sugar no, so this 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 is a vegan also it, it follows it falls into the umbrella of veganism but it really if we were to just um educate ourselves and change our habits to having most of our diet being a whole foods plant-based diet oh my goodness cancer would be like cancer would be almost like well i don't want to say but it would just be really reduced Diabetes would be reduced, and diabetes is a huge thing in the Latin American community, as well as cancer, obesity, heart disease, like thyroid pro problems, weight loss, uh, weight uh, problems. All of these medical things would reduce, and in result, the the medical like, we wouldn't be relying much on you know the farm pharma pharma this pharma system so it's really intertwined everything is intertwined um the veganism sort of umbrella is intertwined with different things that are happening in our systems and we really need to start on learning and relearning and rediscovering and like really questioning everything that that's going on and that i think that's what conscious eating is just like really looking at um what we put in our bodies perspective um, but so with, with that said, with education, Carolina, with someone in working in a university's um, setting, like how do you, how could you even foresee uh, gardening or veganism kind of be introduced in the meal plans or, or any, any aspects of the university system? The question I asked myself was a meal plan. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think universities, at least, the ones I've worked, I've worked at a few now, like four or five. Their um, dining halls are trying to incorporate at least some plant-based opportunities, or at least vegetarian. Um, though they are just like it's one one section over there, go over there, and there's your one like slab of tofu, maybe, and that's it. <laughs> um, and so that that can be frustrating for 
not only those of us who are vegan, but students who maybe now left home and are and are wanting to create that change for themselves. Um, tie in the the notion of being a low income college student and how veganism, the symbolism of veganism is that it's it only wealthy people can do it. Like there's so many barriers I think um, certain college students face when if they're interested in veganism. I think that universities. The culture of, of college living does not support a, a vegan mentality. I think you, in this country, as a college student, you're barely even eating. And if you are, it's just like a burger or just french fries or just chips and chips that are not vegan. And, and you're just go, go, go. And we don't teach young adults or we don't teach anyone to just sit and put good into their bodies. It's not something we teach people in this country. And so, of course, colleges aren't going to perpetuate that. And, of course, college students aren't going to put that on their priority list when they're over here stressing that if they, if they get a C, their whole life is ruined. And that sucks because we should be prioritizing not only our own health, but, like, what we've already talked about, the justice that comes with animal rights and human rights and environmental rights. We're not prioritizing that as a system and institutionally in higher ed, we don't prioritize that. We just pump people in and out, grab a hot dog on the way out, and, and that sucks. I feel like we can change that, but it's a, it's a big cultural thing in this country, and it's hard to change culture. So because we live in such a, a technological advanced world, I feel like it's it's a little bit more near like the the future of veganism in the student university student culture might be a little bit uh sooner than we we imagine because now you can actually get really delicious like hot dogs that are like you know from like uh companies like beyond meat or something that, that, are, that actually have the taste of meat if you like that and like chicken nuggets and pizza and um cheesecake and anything that you can imagine in terms of like uh just the traditional diet definitely there is a vegan version so what we need to do as as as, as i think as a society is just continue Uh, planting those seeds of like plant-based diet and you know um, trying to not exploit animals because at the end of the day I think um, even th if this is like junk food and I understand that you know that's not our ultimate uh, diet but for students like Carolina says like for students they don't really care about that part of their lives right right at that moment they care about their grades and they care about studying and they care about maybe even partying right so they're going to be choosing the really fast food element of the diet so there that's when we that's when we put all of the that's what how we can actually start transitioning into a more whole food plant-based through plant-based junk food right and then from then from there then people are at least cholesterol free and you know there's less less even even if you you do choose like sort of junk food plant-based it's still much healthier than um the 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 counterpart and also it's um it's just transitioning into like you know agriculture like more planting our own gardens that's i think that's the end result of it all and we're in a huge transition but i feel like right now it's like sort of expensive but the more demand the more people are starting to wake up to 
more healthy eating, more um, about like the treatment of humans and animals in, in, in this whole industry, the more that these companies are like, okay, they don't want to eat uh, ribs anymore. Like let's, let's, let's invent something or like let's create something that's like plant-based, but tastes sort of like ribs or like almost like ribs. And then, so there's more, the more, choices that there is in universities and that's what i think what we need to like work on right the more choices they're gonna have two exact same burgers there one plant-based that's delicious and one that's beef and so much energy so much so much water so much land so much soil so much torture so much suffering in this in this patty right which one are they going to choose if both of them are delicious one is without cholesterol and one is uh like just gives you more energy and less fatigue. Of course, they're going to choose the one that we hope, right? We, the one that's plant-based because they almost taste the same. And that's sort of like the end goal, right? So what is everyone's favorite vegan dish? Well, I love to cook. It's literally my favorite thing in the world. And when I became vegan, so I loved cooking before I was vegan. I love it even more now that I'm vegan. And um, I've had to convert all of my famous homemade Mexican dishes into vegan. And it's act, it was actually a lot easier than, than I thought. And so my favorite dish that I make and that I love to eat is um, tacos de papa, which is like a very traditional, at least um, on the border, like Mexican dish. And so I make it with obviously potato, uh, but no cheese, unless I want to use vegan cheese sometimes. But I add, um, instead of chorizo, it's soy riso. <laughs> and it's so good. And you know, you got your side of frijoles and arroz, and it's good. And listen, I've cooked it for all of my student staff. Um, so it, all the years that I've supervised students, like to the amount of 20, 19 year olds in my apartment eating these tacos de papa none of them vegan they love it like unless everyone's lying to me which i hope not <laughs> but everyone has said that they love it and they want more like people come not for seconds but for like thirds and fourths and i sound like i'm hyping myself up but i just love vegan mexican food um i recommend someone to try it out I love vegan Mexican food. Like that's, I think one of my top, top like foods in the world. Um, I love just trying out different uh, foods from around the world and Toronto is like a huge, great city for that. So right now what I'm really into and I love food overall, I, I really love food. So, but right now what I'm really into is Thai food. Thai food is like the bomb. It's like, it's like all the spices. Cause you know how many spices there are in the world? There's like thousands upon thousands of spices in the world. So Thai food is just one, one of the like very. I, I love it. It's just I, I'm 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 sort of exploring right now like curries and like uh, coconut milk in things with like you know noodles and like tofu and and broccoli and it's just like a very rich. It is very rich, but it's so satisfying and the bay leaves and everything so i i think and then sometimes you know what i do i put i get a little bit of that um inspiration from thai food and then i sort of cook like you know the traditional maybe like lentils and rice or like beans and rice and i put like a little bit of curry in there so it's just like a fusion of different cultural um 
just goodness in in a plate and I also really like to cook so I do that all the time I'm exploring different things and so yeah but right now I think I, I think would be Thai food would be my like top right now like I'm, I'm thinking about the weekend to like go to like the, a Thai food restaurant and like well get like takeout but you know you can't sit in the restaurants right now but yeah I'm, I've been thinking about it since Monday so yeah <laughs> nice and, and just uh, Tatiana just real quick um are there any Ecuadorian or Andean-based vegan uh, meat dishes? Just because I'm Bolivian, so I'm just, you know, I mean, like Andean people, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember in Ecuador, this is like accidentally vegan, but in Ecuador, you go and then there's um, uh, there's vendors in the streets, and they 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 sell and this is accidentally vegan right they say they sell ceviche de chocho mm. you know what chochos are oh, yeah. they're like the little like um they're beans but they're like white and they're like chewy but so then they have but it's like it has nothing like they they don't have any mariscos or they don't have any like fish or anything they just have the ceviche they put the chochos and then they put the um, plantains like the plantain chips on top and then that's they give you in a little plate and then you can just like walk around the city with like a ceviche like eating it that's really really great like i and i love that it's like accidentally vegan so whenever i'm like in um cuenca where i was born it's like and there's a few vendors around the city so it's like if i'm hungry like i don't need to be worried about oh like what am i gonna eat blah 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 i just like i know where to go and get my ceviche de chocho <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that so with our next question, how has your family supported or responded to your life change and pursuit towards activism? My, my family, so I'll speak about my parents because it's, it's just the three of us who lived together back when I lived with them. They, they're supportive. They were like, you do you. Like if you feel like this is going to help you, we support it, which I'm very thankful for uh, because I have heard of horror stories in our, just in the Latinx community in general, with family just not being supportive. Um, my extended family, I think, are a little more concerned and like, she's going to die if she doesn't eat meat, which I don't know where that comes from. I know where it comes from. My, I think especially my mom, because me and my mom cook together, she's been so supportive. Whenever I go home to visit, she has like my calabacitas ready, my squash, zucchini beans rice avocado like she has it all set um, which i really appreciate i think my parents don't fully understand the scope of why i went vegan i think unfortunately and this is a whole other conversation but they they saw the i did i did lose a lot of weight when i went vegan that wasn't my intention um but it happened and I think we praise people who lose weight, which is very problematic. Um, and my parents saw that and were like, that's good. Like vegan equals she's not um, as big as she was. So we're going to celebrate that, which is not, uh, to me, I don't think that's a good thing. Nonetheless, it's what they, it's, it's what helps them support my vegan lifestyle. So there's that. So uh, six years ago when I went, went vegan, my parents were also open-minded about it, but they were worried as well because they were like i don't know like are you gonna be malnourished like you know we 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 agree i mean if you want to do it do it but you have to like you you know where are you gonna get your b12 where are you gonna like you're gonna and at, at the same time i did lose a little bit of weight 
Um, what really happened, what was a huge sort of changing moment in, in my family's life is when my dad uh, got diagnosed with, um, he had like angina and he, the doctors um, diagnosed four, four arteries in his heart were completely filled with plaque. Mind you, his collect, I mean, he didn't eat that much uh, meat. Like we weren't big meat eaters from the start, but there you saw his heart being like 99% clogged with the cholesterol. So um, he had, he didn't have a heart attack, thankfully, but he had to be rushed to the hospital and get um, like everything cleaned out and like have a quintuple, quintuple bypass. No, sorry, quintuple. I forget what it is, but it's like um, the, the heart, the heart surgery. It was very, very scary for us. Um, I told my dad to take veganism seriously um and he started doing his research and then he said you know i want to live uh so i can see my grandchildren so then he actually um it's been three years that he's been whole foods plant-based so he he's actually um he's vegan for but first it was for his health and then he became vegan for the animals as well but he's that's the diet that i'm telling you that there's no uh, added fats added sugar added sodium um, and it's just like the whole foods and actually it's, he's been really thriving. My mom out of solidarity and because out of the six of us now there was three of us that were sort of going into that path. She joined him in the, in the, the whole foods plant-based eating. And then now she's also vegan for the animals. Um, but every time that she goes, he goes to the cardi, uh, the, the doctor, the heart doctor, they are lessening his medication for his heart disease because they're saying that his like everything is really well like his 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 blood pressure all of the all of the things that should be going well are going well and he doesn't need that much medication for um for his heart even though this is this was doing and i think because of that my other siblings are more like leaning towards veganism my my sister has been vegetarian for a long time she's almost like she's like i think maybe 70 percent vegan like there's little that she eats but we're still like sort of encouraging her and you know um and then in terms of my extended family they've been they've been really open-minded to it i'm not gonna lie like i think that it's um yeah, they've been really open-minded and they live in Ecuador, right? So right now I'm like trying to like veganize a tamal and I'm like, okay, instead of egg, why don't you season the soy, like soy chunks to make it into like a little bit of a chewy kind of eggy thing. And like for the pollo, why don't we get like some kind of mushroom or like jackfruit and we like season it with the same kind of seasoning as a uh, pollo and then it'll be like just a delicious tamal because we all know that the raisins are the what makes the tamal. The, the little sweetness, right? So I'm just extremely happy. And like, the more that we talk about it, I feel like the more we plant seeds, the more people just, you know, wake up because of compassion and because of health, because of environment and all of that. I really appreciate that. Um, so how, how can 18% of Latinas in poverty or even in the middle class have the accessibility to be vegan? I think that goes back to my statement around like blaming the system and not the people. I think 
even argue with even like there's an argument that being vegan isn't so expensive if you don't purchase like the beyond meat for example or the vegan cheese like a pound of beans is cheaper than a steak for example right but i don't even want to consider that notion because to me the blame is on the system um again in the u.s right like we we don't care about the health and wellness of low-income people in general and then tie in other identities like being latinx like that's another marginalized identity like the this country doesn't care about your health and wellness and what like wellness especially like you're like how long you're going to live and if you're going to live a fulfilling and healthy happy life and so for me like we need to change the system that makes it inaccessible um i i referenced like food deserts before like there are people who live in communities that don't have like grocery stores or if they do there there aren't organic or whole foods you know we like we need to change that so that people can have access to that um and education like that Diana talked about like I didn't even know what vegan was until college like first of all like that's not even a word in my community um not only like in, how do you say vegan in Spanish when you go back to Mexico and talk to your family you know I think now it's becoming maybe a little more mainstream at least on the border like um I'll say like I'm vegana you know but even that like how do you even talk about it and there's so much to be done I think and those of us who have the privilege to have that access like I think it's on us to make those changes in the countries that we're in um to give people the choice like I'm not here to force anyone um, but I want you to at least have the option so that you can make that informed decision for yourself and your community. Um, and I want you to be able to do that and it won't be a burden to your pocket. It won't be a burden to your lifestyle. Um, I just want it to be easy so that I could benefit you and benefit all that we've talked about, all the other external factors. And I think it really starts with educating people, like from kindergarten, even from daycare, you know, like from the daycare, up to you know university masters like i feel like from there's a, we need to have a foundation in terms of uh what is uh just food and what like uh, healthy like what what is healthy in our in our in our day-to-day -day. also um uh so carolina pointed out all it's like a systematic problem we need to completely revamp all of that um i do want to get into a little bit of the just like the the more like the the really practical things that we could do day to day um so a lot of minorities don't have access to whole foods you know like the big companies that are organic and like you know we have access to um grocery stores and corner stores and sometimes we have food deserts as well but what i wanted to just point out is that for example um rice is very very um uh, economic so our beans and a lot of the things that we do in a, the latin american community revolve around rice and beans you know and so i feel like if we have that foundation and I, if we have um humans are so imaginative humans have done so many things in terms of technology like we can make like chickpea patties now and we can make we can put so many cool good spices like you know in our in our corner store or bodega or you know there's so many spices from all around the world like and the internet has helped so much so we don't 
necessarily need to buy all these like high-end meats like beyond meat and stuff like that maybe yeah for a you know for a treat it's great and you know like same thing goes for like non-vegan sometimes you, you know like you you spend your you budget your money for like your your grocery for the month but you know you also budget to go out and eat something like like you know at a at a more expensive restaurant because you like the food same thing with vegans i feel like you know we have our budget and like we have our rice and our beans and our garbanzos and like our tofu tofu is like massively it's like really inexpensive and there's so many things that you could do with tofu you can marinate it you can fry it you can uh, ferment it you can like you know make soy like milk there's so many things and then we have a little bit of a like a, a little uh, we we spend a little bit more on those treats right like the ben and jerry's like non-dairy like seven layer peanut butter ice cream and like you know like the pizza and the beyond me pizza and stuff like that like we have those little treats but we want to i feel like it's inexpensive to be like you know uh like it's it's a myth that like you know you have to have money to be a, like you know plant-based or vegan with that said that is all the time that we have thank you everyone for joining us make sure you like the video subscribe to our youtube channel Follow us on all our social media outlets and podcast platforms at Latin underscore entertainment and our website where we center the Latin American diaspora on Aviala at www.latinentertainment.org. Tune in next week as we have another episode of Conversamos.